you can't get much for five bucks these days. Unless you go to Wendy's for a $5 biggie bag. Get your choice of double stack, junior bacon cheeseburger, or crispy chicken BLT. Plus four-piece nugs, fries, and a drink. All for just five bucks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That's how you're going to feel when you get that biggie bag at Wendy's. U.S. price of participation may vary. Includes four-piece nuggets, small soft drink, and small fry. Prices may be higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Okay, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. How are you today? It is a beautiful warm day here in the Keys. Partly, partly cloudy, I guess to say. It's partly cloudy and partly sunny. Is the glass half full? Or is the glass half empty? So, I mean, partly sunny, I think is more clouds. And partly cloudy is more sun, less clouds. So... I'm going to go with partly cloudy. But it is warm. It is warm and humid. That's the way it is down in the Keys. And today I have uh, an atypical, typical day for me in the Keys. What I'm going to be doing now is doing a a run to uh, business runs, doing some banking, a little notary, going down to pick up my daughter from her school. And also doing the podcast. And I figure, why don't I manage that today since I'm recording it? I can just stop it. I can pick it up again. There's a couple things I wanted to talk about. And I figure I can do it after I pick up my daughter. But I had a good run for my side business this week. But I don't want you to think just because I don't always drop a podcast that this isn't a priority. It's not always about money. And I appreciate the people that listen. I really do. I, I, I do. And I appreciate that you might appreciate my perspective on things. And recently, or oh, recently, yesterday, I've had, uh, I made mention to my family a couple of weeks ago. And that's my, my father, my sister. Uh, I don't talk as much to my brother as I should. And uh, my mom, that there's not a lot of baby pictures of me. And that sounds kind of selfish, doesn't it? Nowadays, when you have a baby, there are a million pictures, aren't there? Literally a million pictures. Because you have the capacity. You don't have to do what you did before. And I made mention of this prior. I know that. But there's certain thing about showing, taking photographs. Photographs. We don't say photographs anymore, do we? Because there's no photographic process. It's more of an electronic process, capturing an image and storing it in pixels. They talk about MPs right now. It's uh, pixelated pictures, how, how small the different, uh, differentiation is. Oh, my God, that, wasn't, that was pretty hard for me to say, I guess. But the... Um, the things I made mention of prior to, let's say, 2000 and let me pick kind of early 2000s, it was mostly 
And I bet that it was mostly a photographic process when pictures were taken because people didn't have the equipment to take the picture and to print the picture. It was a pretty involved technology. And then I started seeing it in, well, I started seeing some of it in the late 1990s with photographers starting to mess around with taking uh, pictures and printing them up during weddings when I was working in the wedding industry. But it was a involved process because it took a long time to print out a picture. Nowadays, you could do it quickly. And a lot of people, why would you print out a picture unless you have to carry it with you? And you could carry it with you a pretty good size photo on your phone considering the screens are bigger than wallets, bigger than pictures most people carry in their purses. So when it was more involved, let's say go back to the time when it was developed, you had to go to the either drugstore, photomat, the photomat was a kiosk for you younger viewers. It was a kiosk, meaning just a standalone tiny building in the middle of a parking lot. And you'd drive through. And all it was was the kiosk was for dropping off and picking up a pictures. It was a photomat, I think they would call it. And you drop off your film, your weight, whatever. And towards the end, it was only a couple of days. Now, you're we're spoiled, even if... The, in the last how many years, 10, 10, 12 years, it was drop off the photo and they were printing it up the same day. They used to have to send it out to the labs and everyone was competing and saying, oh, we can get, we can do a turnaround in a week and now they're saying three days and they say, and then they were doing next day. But, you know, at one point it was a dying industry, Right. But we're not talking about dying industries right now. We're just talking about the format of where you keep your pictures. Now, a lot of you have electronic. You put your pictures on your smart TV. We have smart photo uh, uh, frames. You have your laptops. You know how many pictures really do you know? do people really put up photographs anymore? We have portraits. Is the day when a portrait's going to be hung up, painted? What's the meaning of a painting now? When you take a portrait, you can have it altered. And when you take 10,000 photos of a kid, do you even look at them anymore? Are you looking at all the photos? Are some of the photos never looked at? I mean, there's going to be... Every child born today seems to have more photos taken than the wealthiest kids ever had 25 years ago. But there's tons of photos. And so your whole life is documented. Every month you have a picture. You can see a transformation, see a change. Well, I guess I was fortunate because there are decent, there are a lot of photos. They did a dump yesterday. Did a dump. Sounds kind of gross. But uh, about 10 photos of my siblings and I. Siblings. My brother and my sister. Up to my age of, I guess, 14 and then I realized, I said, wow, you know, the, the quality of the photos, you can see that, you know, you, you, you didn't know when you were taking a picture whether it was going to be cloudy or not. It wasn't like when you took a, take a picture on a smartphone, you just look at it right there. Oh, that's not a good picture. I'll take another one. I'll delete that one. But there's, unless you had your own 
lab in your house. You didn't have an unlimited amount of photos. But now we have an unlimited amount of images taken about it uh, that document our lives. And do they mean less when there's more of them? And every so often you get a really good one. I mean, these old photographs that are perfect, that's unusual. Because you didn't have a hundred different, it wasn't like a photographic shoot. You didn't get a hundred of them. Now, I did tell you that I was going to be running some errands today. And I don't know why I started doing this, but I figured I'd do this now. Run to do my bank runs now and then pick up my daughter and then I'd come back and talk and maybe something. I have, I have material. I have material. But I just figure I throw a couple things in, maybe a fresh perspective going out and then coming back in. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to put this on pause and we'll be back in about, well, it doesn't really matter. It's going to sound like a second, won't it? So let me send off with a little music. Here we go. And we're back. Sorry for the delay. But, you know, it all works out in the end. I, I got the right daughter. I picked her up. So that was good. Yeah, it's a beautiful day out there. There's not too many people here. I mean, we're still... Plus, I guess we still uh, have more visitors than we normally have at this time. Uh, usually, big drop out after uh, Easter, but we don't see it. So we got a lot of people down here. So that that's that's a good thing. So there was nothing eventful that happened. I went to the banks, did my did my thing, have a. I'm waiting on a business uh, call from someone and we'll see how that turns out. But a normal day in the Keys. I go to work around 4 o'clock today. And remember, if you are in Key Largo, near mile marker 102, come into the catch. 102 Oceanside. It's open seven days a week for lunch and dinner with happy hour from 3.30 to 6.30. I mainly work nights, but as for... Tell them Jim the Keys bartender sent you if I'm not there. Uh, if I'm there, tell me who you are. You know, they have a great selection of seafood and non-seafood dishes. And there's a lot of wonderful places down here. I just want to say we're not the only one. And I don't trash talk other restaurants. But I do trash talk. I've done it. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I've said it. I've said it before. I trash talk. But they mainly trash talk about my myself and other things and there's this group I a face group uh, Facebook group I belong to and it's uh, based in Key West but it covers the rest of the keys too and someone went on there and asked a question about that they were moving to marathon with a trailer now I didn't quite get if they were saying a boat trailer or something like that but they bought. They said they bought a property and all this stuff, and they're going to come in. And they wanted to know if they needed to have a tag on it because in the state they're in, they don't need a tag on their, their trailer. And forty comments, all by people supposedly in the know. And then, you know, I understand it's just 
people asking and maybe they maybe they do a little further research on that but i just chimed in after 40 comments i my exact wording was or you could go to the florida dmv website comma crazy idea quotation marks and what was in it was sarcastic i realized that i could have taken the or out taken the crazy die go to i should have said go to the florida dmz website blah 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 you know just say and i'll give you you know exact thing you know because they already the person is asking a question in facebook group maybe they just want to get like and say absolutely not you know but there were so many different answers at the point the only way to resolve it in the end is say oh i know this you can wait 30 days Oh, you need a tag. Oh, you, I mean, a lot of people said you don't need a tag. And then a couple of them did. And then a couple of people, uh, the response. Now, the response I got, the biggest response was me putting, or you could go to the Florida DMV website, comma, crazy idea. Because it came out, I got something like uh, the first one. It's, hey, you had a choice for today to be helpful and you... Or in her, you chose that. And I'm like, I chose to tell him about the Florida DMV. And I tried to make it funny, too. And people said, it's just mean. You're looking for um, attention. You're lonely. You're a lonely place. Well, I'm not a lonely person. Matter of fact, if you don't see me out a lot, I'm kind of an introverted person. I know it's funny. I'm a bartender. I do a podcast, and I'm all over the fucking place. But... You wouldn't guess me for an introvert, but I am. I enjoy being on my own. And I don't necessarily like a lot of attention. So I got these comments coming back and forth. And and I, I uh, the lady said, hey, listen, these people are just asking for information. You know, you could be helpful. You don't have to be mean and sarcastic. If something's funny, or I don't know if that was that funny, but the one comment the lady said, you know, when people ask for information, they're just asking for help. And I said, oh, well, you know, I understand. I shouldn't have said that. I did get this bite on my foot from an orange and red snake. It's swelling up pretty bad. Should I put butter on it or go to the emergency room? Exact words. And I have records of it. And then they went and said the same people went on and kept on, you know, commenting about it. Now, I thought that was funny. And then I think I further on kept on going. And one of the comments was uh, from the lady. She came out and said, I did a little research. And no, this sake, she she's able to do research. She didn't go to DMV, the lady that was commenting. She goes, oh, I see that you're a bartender and fitness trainer. Like, what do you know? And I didn't suggest anything other than going to the source. That lady didn't work for the DMV and stuff like that. All I did was suggest that. Why Why would you bring up, I'm a bartender and a fitness trainer and a notary. I'm widely read, but that doesn't mean I'm an expert on anything. And I would suggest anybody get information from me to do a little further research, as they should any other place. And I'm not talking about this half-assed research where you go to um, Breitbart, or, or Alex Jones or something like that. I'm talking about research from 
you know, real informed places, real informed places, educated. So, yeah, so, and, and you know, after a lady looked at mine, I checked out my, the lady, and the lady had a, a Jesus thing on there, and she was, she was getting kind of mean-spirited. So I just went and said, listen, I'm really sorry I did that. My hopes and prayers, hopes and thoughts, hopes and prayers go with you. And then I put WWJD. And you could read that as what would Jesus do or what would Jim do because Jim just did that. And the lady stopped commenting. I guess she reflected upon that stuff. I said, hey, listen, I don't think Jesus would get caught in a swampy thing of doing that. And I realized uh, a, a counselor I had one time suggested that said that sarcasm was negative and mean-spirited in its nature. But if you're classic, if you're in sarcasm, if that's what you're you're into, I think the people that call it that are people that aren't good at it. If you're good at something, if you're just think of your pitcher and you're really good at the knuckleball. And people, when the knuckleball first came out, I'm sure there were people saying, that is some bullshit pitching you got going there because I can't hit that ball. Are you going to bitch about the person being able to throw a knuckleball or a good slider or a curveball? You know, that's what you're doing. If you're commenting in the public, you're open to, and like I was, open to attacks. But there were there were people that came in there. One guy was kind of defending me and he was kind of pissed off that I said hopes and prayers too. Thoughts and prayers or whatever they say. And it was, you know, whenever anybody, you know, because of all the bullshit that comes around when there's a mass shooting and they talk about doing more mental health checks and stuff like that and all the bullshit coming out, people say, oh, they're taking away our freedoms and stuff like that because they want to check and see if we're mentally health and do, you know, a requirement on a background check. And they always, instead of saying going along with that, they just send helps, thoughts and prayers because we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to send you anything. You know, some people, they send money and stuff like that, but they send it to wherever they think is needed. But sometimes sarcasm is needed, right? It's called for. You can get that from almost any legitimate site. I understand the concept of research and then you research and then you ask for guidance then follow up. And some of these people said, like, listen, you could follow all the rules and the police will still harass you. Well, I don't, I, I hate to say that because I'm not in a group. I guess I'm in a privileged group. I've never gotten harassed by the police down here. I got stopped once, once for not making a long enough stop at a stop sign. And I had been sober for four months, four or five months. And I was hoping and waiting for the guy. I said, when was the last time you had it? You know, but it was, it was around one o'clock in the afternoon. They didn't ask me that. The, the guy stopped me. He said, you know, I stopped you. Know, it has something to do with the stop sign. And he goes, yeah. And they said, um, did I not stop early enough? Or was it too far into the intersection? He said, no, you didn't make it long enough stop. I said, oh, three seconds stop. And I go, okay. I mean, he's sitting there. I guess he's waiting for somebody. And 
uh, he was hoping to find somebody. I mean, he was around the corner from the AA room, so to hope to find someone that's under the influence, you had a good bet sometimes, but unlikely. If someone's coming out of an AA meeting, will they be under the influence? I have seen it, but that was a poor location. I mean, it was right. It was right around the block from the AA, and that's a. It was a back road that you take in the Keys. The one of the few back roads where you can avoid the uh, the highway for a little ways. So, which you know, it's just interesting. Oh, what was the one in the post? Um, someone posted a meme uh, on my site when on that site when we're doing a line of questioning and and question answering with the sarcasm someone posted it was a emergency guy uh, ambulance and the guy says my wife is choking on a chicken bone what should i do oh i'll post to facebook with a question you know and once again the lady with the jesus picture she also had a trump 2020 sticker right there and i go hey hasn't i i don't know if i said that and we said hey good good luck good luck in 2020 with the that sticker and you know the past you know it's just much similar to the confederate flag thing um and then my wife after hearing this my wife always said don't you worry about those people knowing you and coming to see you at the bar and then i said oh well yeah kind of but i mean doing the podcast for a while and i've had people come to the bar and they listened to the podcast and wanted to talk to me and one guy, who was it three years ago? I've never seen the guy since. And he's really nice. He said he listens to the podcast and stuff like that. And then he said, you know, you should get people different views or let people with different views be heard on your podcast. And then I explained to him that it was my podcast. And it wasn't the public airways because you have to come and search me out. I mean, there's room for everyone. So it's not like I'm taking someone's spot. I am taking someone's spot if someone decides they want to be the Keys Bartender podcast because I'm already that. They can come. Someone actually probably could come and start one and do a Keys Bartender podcast. I wouldn't fight them. You know? I would let them do it. It would be kind of funny. Say, hey, there's two Keys Bartenders podcast. I would just let them find it. Which one is which? You know? That would help. That would only help my ratings. But I said to the guy, I said, listen, if you want you to be heard, start your own podcast. And the guy got really angry, really angry. I said, I don't need to have anybody rebut. I don't agree. I don't agree the arguments that people have against the views. I Some of the views I have, I realize some of the views I have, I realize is a legitimate argument. But when I'm talking, when speaking against racism or things like that, a counterpoint to speaking about, um, to speaking against racism, the counterpoint is usually trying to stereotype and say, what do you think about all this other, th- what about this, what about this? So you're just trying to prove your, 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 what you're suggesting is, oh, I'm a racist, but I'm a racist for this reason. That's not a good enough reason. I'm not going to give you a platform for that. I mean, I've had it. Remember when I started a show, if you're a long-time listener, when you started a show, I had uh, a friend on. Uh, it was a friend from my, what we call that, my service organization I belong to. 
and it was rotary. And he mentioned that he had another friend who was in some, he was in a, a lineman, electrical lineman, and he, he, uh, he's a consultant maybe. I don't know how that works out. He was a, he was a lineman. He doesn't work for one particular country. He does a lot of traveling. So he says he has a bunch of jokes and he's funny. And, and that this guy was kind of, he thought, this guy thought I was funny. And so he came out and started hearing jokes. And it was some, I hate to say, it was all loaded of racist-ass stuff. And I go, is this your idea of humor? And I said, I am not um, big in the Aryan nation or among a white Christian nationalist or Bungaloo Boys now would be Bungaloo Boys and I don't even know if they existed back then or Proud Boys. That, this is not the show for them. So your humor would be more likely for someone like theirs. Their shows. And there are shows like that. But you're not going to change my show and in fact my audience with yours because I can just, if you come and if I, you had something like that, I will find a way to edit you out or I'll just cancel the episode. I don't have a problem. You can post all your stuff. There's a difference between this. It's even though the internet is publicly accessible, it doesn't have the same rules as the public airways. And it's not, I don't do hate speech. I don't endorse the um, injury or death of anybody. So I, I don't think you should have that big a problem. You should get, if you do have a problem with it, just don't listen to it and don't share it. You know, when you get angry about it, that's what happened with uh, other people like Howard Stern and things like that. When people really hate him, they they actually increase the popularity by getting people to listen to it. And some people listen to it. And some, I, I don't hope that I'm going to convert anybody. I was on the way. It was a nice thing taking this little break because on the way to pick up my daughter, who I just, she had a half day, I was listening to a, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, it's a show on NPR called This American Life. And they were talking about people who have, who were the big mask protesters and the, vac- the most vaccine hesitant people. They say in a lot of these polls that 40% of the people that voted or 40% of Republicans or 40% of the people that voted for Trump are hesitant about receiving a vaccine. And they'll come in, they, they created a focus group, and they were talking to the focus group, and they had a couple doctors that a former member of the CDC and all that stuff, and they asked about it. And they said, they asked them groups questions like one-word answers about Fauci, you know, describe them, you know, dis, dishonest, a puppet, all this stuff. And they had all these reasons for not agreeing with it. Matter of fact, there's a private school, a very exclusive private school in Miami that yesterday came out and said that a teachers, if they get the vaccine, will not be employed by the charter school. And they're telling the people, suggesting not to get the vaccine a charter school, educators. And I can understand why charter schools would be 
hesitant because of the political bet of charter schools. Charter schools came about because people are unhappy with public education. And what happens with charter schools is that they receive public funds but become are more of a private um, industry because it's a private organization that runs the school using public monies. And the way they cross the T and dot that I is saying we're providing a public service. The public service is educating any kids. The school my daughter goes to is a charter school that is that it's kind of like a private school masqueraded as a charter school because there's a lot of wealthy parents. Now, it makes sense when you have wealthy people in an area to set up a charter school because it's not you don't have to spend 20,000 you don't have to set up a school where you spend 20,000 30,000 dollars a year to send your kids because you can use public money because you're not your kids aren't going to the public school you can redirect it to charter schools that could be more I think to your liking on their curriculum bent or the bent of their curriculum and their attitudes and things like that. So, because my daughter's school, uh, they they have trips. To, they go out of state. They were going out of state and upstate and all these field trips. And this year, the 8th and 7th grade is going to Costa Rica for the week. And the difficult part of that, we can... Even though we're people of moderate resources, we're able to send our daughter because we only have one daughter. So sending our daughter is not taking any of our resources away from any child. You know, that's the, that's got to be a tough thing with multiple kids. You know, the whole class is going to Costa Rica and you say, I'm sorry, can't go to Costa Rica. It was a tough year this year. We can make that sacrifice for our daughter to spend the money to go to Costa Rica with her friends, even though it's high risk, but we realize there's also a risk of her feeling left out. And we're, we're able to afford it, it, afford it without too much of a hardship. I can't imagine a hardship of some of these other people, although we must be in the, I may, we might be in the bottom 30% of the earners in that family. But then again, our, we probably don't spend to the level of our income that they do. So, yeah, and that's why we're able to do certain things like that, go to go to Poland in the summer. And it looks like, on a lighter note, I don't want to trash talk charter schools because they do serve their purpose. I understand. But public education is very important. I'm going to do a quick pause for a moment, and I'll be right back. I'm going to play a little music here. Let's do that. Sign off. I'll be right back. And we're back. Yep. Oop, let me take that music down. Boy, did I leave that music on too? But I'm talking over it all the time. But I, I sound like I was trashing charter schools, and I, I didn't mean to do it because I realized that inner city schools, when you had, they're dealing with different poverty and things like that, a charter school redirects its resources by using 
They have actual resources uh, when it comes to the parents. Because the parents are an extra labor. Like they provide things like um, the non-educated support. Mentors and, you know, you know, playground monitors, all those things that go on. You know, people go, uh, you go on field trips for. So you got, you know, chaperones. You have, you have that thing. You have cleanup. You have resources. You know, when it comes to public schools, public schools have to use, do all of it themselves. Because a lot of times, you know, you don't, the, the, the hard thing about charter schools, when you're working real hard, you can't. You're also signing a, an agreement to spend a certain amount of hours to the commit to this school, which is a fair deal, considering the quality of education you get. And part of it is that the parents care enough to be involved. When the parents care enough to be involved, then you don't have to worry about those absentee parents that expect them to raise their kids and things like that. And that's maybe their only re- chance, you know, because when you go when you go to work. You know, you can't insure, insure daycare. I mean, we've heard all this about during the lockdowns and stuff like that. What My kids are at home. How am I going to go to work? And there's a lot of jobs. You know, I'm a bartender. There is no remote bartending. There may be, maybe in the future, there could be someone that does this bartending thing, a remote bartender. I bet there is someone out there where you have an automated bartender, but you have someone to talk to you, meaning a screen with a face on it. Instead of just an AI, say, hey, listen, I'm going to be there. And it's it's the, the, the automated bartender is going to make your drinks and carry your food to you and stuff like that. But I'm going to be uh, talking to you. You know, but you can't can't talk to everyone. And I find it yet again, one of the things that a robot bartender will not be able to do is multitask. It will be able to multitask with the job, but multitask when your responses because you got to make a drink and listen to what's going on and tell what you're going to do and, and try to handle a situation and be nuanced about it. And a robot is hardly ever nuanced. It's just pretty much cut and dry. So we'll see how that works out in the future. So whether we have... Uh, I don't know where I was doing it. Since the advent of podcasting, I've been dealing with people telling me what I should do, worrying about a niche. And I see it in my podcast groups. People coming up saying, listen, I want to do it. I'm afraid to do it. I haven't released my first episode. People say you got to be careful about your editing. You got to think about your content. You got to script your shows out. Yeah, you can do all those things. I do write down these ideas and I think about it because there's things I want to talk about. And I I was always amazed that people wouldn't do something they would talk about for such a long time. And that's recently that I... I guess in the last 10 years of my life because I, I've been pretty good with my follow-through. I had a couple ideas and I think I've followed through with most of them. But to some of them I didn't because I just talked myself out of it because then it just didn't work. You know, everyone wants to write a book. Everyone wants to have a come up with a killer TV show. 
I always thought that some of the, the ideas I wrote down and think there's at least 50 to 60 episodes in there. Who knows? Who knows? And I I don't really I don't really see that you have to plan everything out all the time. That you can just go for it. Do it the first time. I understand a business people need to have their ducks in a row. You have to get your you know, you got to get the business identity number and all that stuff, the TIN from the um, Treasury or Social Security or wherever you get that from. I even forget. I think it's from I think it's from the IRS. You get it from the IRS. But you know, you can just go ahead and do it, and then worry about where it's going to go later. It's like painting or writing or almost anything in the artistic world. Just do it. Uh, you never know. You might find something that's good. You know, go to your go to your Suda Menza meeting and see where see where that would take you. Talk about relationships. That may be something. You can declare yourself a genius. Go to uh, and become a relationship expert. And try to explain to people. Do that thing. There was a Delilah on, I think she's still doing it. She does requests and she always does love things and where people call up and they say, oh, I, you know, I, I met this girl three years ago and I, I see her every every year when I come by on vacation and I just want to, I always wanted to know what she was about. And then they send a, they send a dedication to her. Now, I don't get where dedication nowadays because there's hundreds and hundreds of radio stations. There's on people listen to online music, so they not even listen to a radio station. It could be a station they built themselves if you think about it, because that's what you're doing when you're doing online streaming. You can create a radio station around a style of music. So when you send a dedication out, it's not the same as sending a dedication back in Let's say 19, I'm going to pick a, arbitrarily pick a number when I was a kid, 1982. I'm in Philadelphia. I was a senior in high school. If I wanted to dedicate a song, right, there were three big uh, stations for young people. It was, and I can, let me see, WMMR and WIOQ. And there was another one. 102, WIOQ, WMMR, WYSP, WYSP. MMR and YSP were rock stations. Uh, YOQ was kind of like 102, I think it was, the number. 93.3 MMR and 94.1 YSP, WYSP. And they, there were three stations, and it, one of them may have had, I think it may have been one on 102 or one of the thing where they dedicate, you could do song dedications. And if you did that on a Sunday night, you had probably a better chance to know, you know, you could just call up to go, hey, listen, put on 102.1, I'm dedicating a song to you. Or that's the station she listened to all the time. You have a better chance. But nowadays when you do it, oh my God, 
because of the inter- internet radio. There's iHeartRadio. You can listen to music in Paris, from Paris. Or Poland. My my wife listens to the, this RMF-FM in Poland. So there's so many stations that make a dedication to someone. Unless you absolutely know that's all they listen to. I listen to NPR, but they don't do dedications. And in, if they did, I probably wouldn't listen to it. Not because I'm against dedications. Because it's a different kind of show when you do but I'm going to dedicate this show to who am I? I'm going to I'm going to dedicate this show to my listeners. You, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you like the show, please share it with your friends. Um, thank you, Calgary, Ontario, Canada. I know we got a lot of listeners. A lot of listeners in Tennessee, the Volunteer State. I've been running into a lot of people from Tennessee coming into the bar. Nice people. Nice people. And it's funny, Sean from Knoxville, I met another person from Knoxville in my other business. My notary business. They were doing a a property deal. So, that's that's a good thing. But once again, if you like the show, share it with your friends. Uh, If you have any questions, send your questions to jim at keysbartender.com and I'll be happy to answer them. Thank you very much and have a great day.